Evening, ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back to another live episode of the AJ Roberts Show. Really, really glad you could join us here this evening, guys. Um, I am joined by Mr. Alex Flynn. Alex, how you doing, bro? Good to see you. Well, thanks. Um, guys, as I mentioned in the synopsis, I met Alex on the Clubhouse app. Uh, we were in a room together and I was listening to his amazing story of the things he's overcome as somebody who suffers from Parkinson's disease. Now, Parkinson's disease is something that my grandmother had uh, several years ago. I was very close to her. Um, she was like the the main big biggest fan of mine as I was uh, kind of growing up saying I would make it a professional football player. She was always trying to go out of her way, even though they had no money to try and uh, get, make sure I had the best football boots and all that kind of stuff, like everything like an amazing nan would do. Um, but I watched her for 10 years, like deteriorate and um, was a catalyst to further uh, issues later on down the line. Uh, when I was listening to Alex's story in Clubhouse and the phenomenal events he's done, like with this you know, horrible disease and how he lives his life and the mentality that he's kind of created from it, I was so keen to have a chat with him and get him on the show today to speak to you guys, the viewers, and share some insights into how he's created the mindset that he has and how anybody watching can literally input any of that in their own lives um so alex if you wouldn't mind obviously from the start um if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself like what you do now um in terms of like day-to-day -day kind of roles jobs father fatherhood all that kind of stuff um for the benefit of the viewers bro okay hi i'm alex flynn i'm 49 i'm an adventurer i have parkinson's disease day-to-day -day, i do some consultancy and i write i've produced a couple of documentaries and they're yet to be out and I race around the planet. I have three sons and I haven't seen the smallest one for about a year so far. So, you know, COVID I wish was over very, very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And um, you know, when you say race around the world, uh, in what kind of context would you say that, that what are the races in? Are you on foot? Is it on bike? Um, I've done it mostly on foot. I've uh, done a bit on bike, done some kayaking, some climbing. I raced 10 million meters or 10,000 kilometers under my own steam around the planet between 2009 and 2014, beginning in 2014. And since then, I've just gone on and on and on and on and on. I keep moving. Um, yeah. would, you, would you say that's kind of like your mantra, just to, just to keep moving? Yeah, keep moving because Parkinson's is about rigidity. If I could give you an example, take your left hand, right? Put your fingers of your right hand around your left hand. Squeeze. Now move your left hand, fingers. That's Parkinson's. Mm. And the, the shake you see me having at the moment is not my tremor. It's my medication. Yeah. And I get to stare. In fact, actually, one time one guy turned around to me and said, excuse me, you really stare. I said, that's because I'm a world-class comp competition staring competition winner. He said, really? I said, no. <laughs> well, I've got Parkinson's. <laughs> so, you know. I love so, that. Yeah, it's medication that's kicking in that's making yeah, me yeah. turn around a bit. I, I, so I'm, I'm, good for, I'm good for milkshakes, cocktails, you know, usual thing. I love, I love that. 
That's uh, uh, it's great that you've got such an amazing sense of humour about all. Uh, my, my, I always remember I was I was fairly young when I was four, 14, 15 when my nan passed away. But I always remember her sense of humour about it all, and she took a lot of uh, took a lot of tablets. Um, and I always remember that you know she had them in these little tubs, and it was all like for each day. And uh, uh, and my, my wife works with elderly people in occupational therapy and stuff like that. And you know she knows a lot about you know. Uh, what it's like for people with with the disease now but it's something that's you know is very rarely talked about because um like if i if i went to all my closest friends now is there anyone in your family's got parkinson's disease so maybe any of you like one or two but it, uh, so the awareness isn't no in my eyes nowhere near what it should be uh would you would you agree on that awareness is terrible mm. well, most people think it's an old person's disease and it's really not yeah it's an all-encompassing, all-welcoming disease that doesn't, well, condition, I think. Hi, Leanne. They're legend. Uh, you're too kind. Now, I was going to say that, you know, it, it welcomes everybody. You know, it's not just the old that get it. It's, it's, it doesn't matter about your age, your colour of your skin, your sexuality, your creed. Really, honestly, it'll... it'll, it'll, it'll It'll one, it wants to give you a big hug, mm -hmm. and one in fifteen will get it when throughout their own lifetime. Wow. You know that's a really sobering thought. And mm -hmm. the youngest ever diagnosed was a two-year-old boy. Two years old. Yeah, just let that sink in for a second. Two wow. years old, and you know, with what kids are like at school, what the heck is he going to go through? Yeah, you know, it makes me mad. Mm. And I take all that negativity and, and bile and anger and I push it through a sieve and I pull out positivity. I love that analogy. I think that's really good. And I think, uh, and that's one of the things I was really keen to talk to you about today is just the level that you've taken your mindset over the years to be able to come through with Parkinson's to complete these events. Um, you know, like I, I, I'm not a runner. I've never, had, never have been. But I'm like, if I wanted to do a marathon, I, I you know, I believe I could do because I, I believe in myself, and I know that there's probably the, well, I, I'll probably say the last three quarters of it would be horrendous for me. But I know in my mind, uh, I, 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 like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'd, I'd get myself through it because of my mindset. But to be able to do that, then some with Parkinson's is just like next level. So. I, th I love the way you use that as an analogy. So let's put that negativity through a sieve and then positivity come out the other side uh, and use that for the greater good. And, and, and is that, do you use that kind of analogy like in your head or tell yourself those certain things like whilst you're doing those events or even in day-to-day -day sort of life activities? Because I'd, I'd imagine each day must be different. Well, if I'm honest, it's about the idea of keep moving. Because yeah. it's about rigidity, it's about not being able to move, to walk, to talk, to speak, to have sex, to have whatever that mm. most people take for granted taken away from you over time and encased in a metaphorical, invisible cloak of concrete. You know, I'm damned if I'm going to go easily. Yeah, I'm going to fight it every single step of the way. And I fight it through exercise. Yeah. You know, and... I try my damnedest to make it happen. Have you, um, when you say do it for exercise, and we had this conversation obviously the other week on the phone about all that, but how much has been such an amazing saviour for you? And, uh, you know, obviously having a, a physical and uh, strength and conditioning background, I can totally see why. Have you spoken to lots of people with 
Parkinson's who are maybe overweight and stuff like that. And just, you know, as an expression to show them the importance of doing exercise to help them. Well, I think if, if anything, when I'm told that somebody's parent has Parkinson's or a cousin or whatever, the first thing I say is, have they got a spin bike? You know, because most people with Parkinson's can't can't walk properly. Yeah. You know, or if they can, they walk with difficulty, or they walk like a robot after a while. You know, the first five years is your honeymoon period, and then it starts getting more difficult. And you know, if you've got a spin bike and you can spin half an hour a day every day and do a bit of an eight hit session at the end, hard on for a minute, hard off for a minute, hard on for a minute, hard off for a minute then you find yourself a lot more fluid in your movements. Yeah. And you can hear my dog. Great. <laughs> it's all right. Dusty dog. Yeah. Um, so, um, just, well, obviously you talked about honeymoon period. Like, so um, just run us through back, like, when you were, or you had symptoms and you started seeing, like, medic and get medical attention about it to then go through testing and stuff like that. When was that? Well, my first symptoms were when I was about just before, just after my 36th birthday, I was fitter than a butcher's dog. I mean, I was riding 50 miles a day every day, suck three half marathons a week and the odd marathon the weekends. Wow. And, you know, could you be any more noisy, dog? <laughs> Go on, lie down, lie down, lie down, lie down. He's all good, he's all good. Lie down, lie down, mate. Go on, lie down. And see, he does exactly what I tell him. <laughs> Not. Um, yeah, I was 36 and I was so fit. It was unreal. You know, one day I got lost on the way home from work and ended up in Suffolk from Cambridgeshire. And I ended up doing 60 miles on the way home. I still wow. got up the next morning to ride 50 mile, 20, 50 mile round trip back to work. You know, it's just one of those things. You take, take an interesting route and you decide to take a different road back and it's only yeah. it's all an adventure. Yeah, um, And my little finger shook when I picked up a cup of coffee. Right, okay. And I thought, I didn't do that. And one thing leads to another and next thing you know, I've got Parkinson's disease as a diagnosis. And they say, well, it's currently incurable. There's nothing we can do. We've got medication that will manage your decline. We'll see you outpatients. And if I had cancer, God forbid I ever have cancer and anybody gets cancer, I think it's horrible, you know. But they have a very good charity called Macmillan who's there who will stand by and provide mm. support and assistance and information. There's none of that for people with Parkinson's. You've got to find your own way, and it's absolutely shocking and despicable. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um, when you found out, and I, I imagine very similar to people who do have cancer when they're first like, diagnosed with it and stuff like that, that initial mm. like, real gut-wrenching feeling, um, what, what was that like for you? Were you with family at the time? I was with my ex-wife at the time. Okay. Um, we were married. She was falling apart. And I don't remember driving home, which is kind of scary. Mm. And is, it, is that just because of like the whole surrealness? It just like felt like a like bad dream that like you just 
everything else just wasn't yeah, really happening. Yeah, so I went numb. I phoned my mum on the way out, and I said, "Mum, I've got Parkinson's." She said, "Oh God, I'm so sorry." I said, "What's, well, you know, you come out with the, the words of bravado, you know, like it's picked the wrong guy, hmm. it's it's bit it's bit the wrong dog, you know, it's going to get bit back, and I'm going to fight back, and I'm going to do everything I can to fight this." Knowing full well the words, the last words from my consultant, just as I was leaving the room to phone my mum, were, "It's incurable." Currently, you know, what's um, chronic what, degenerative? So, in ter- when you first found out, was it um, in terms of like seeing doctors, therapy, finding like what's best to do to help with certain situations? What kind of length of time was that period? Was it uh, weeks, months to really kind of oh, it was weeks. get into a routine? It was weeks. It wasn't months. You were you were assigned a neurologist at the local, excuse me, Adam Brooks Hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Bishop Stortford and it was just... It was, it was just too far from my kids my first two from my, my, my previous, a previous relationship. And, you know, I had to move. And I moved from having a great neurologist to a guy who was, who was, who the moment I walked into his consulting room was telling me he's going to move to Dorset. And That's God's yeah, country. That's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, God's country. And, um, yeah, he was going to move to Dorset and his, his uh, Ed de Camp was uh, going to take over, and the guy was, you could see, hadn't got an original idea in his brain, and quite frankly, scared the crap out of me. So I phoned up a guy, my late friend Tom Isaacs, and I said, Tom, you know, I'm in trouble here, because Tom was the head of Cure Parkinson's Trust, had Parkinson's himself, and Tom said, you really need this guy called Roger Barker at Adam Brooks Hospital. So I'd come all the way over to Reading to live, to be near my sons, from Cambridge, where Adam Brooks Hospital is, to to have to to be referred back to a neurologist at Adam Brooks Hospital anyway. Mm. So, you know, funny how the world works. No, absolutely. And um, if you can remember, was there a particular moment or did something happen when you were kind of like, right, I've I've got this disease. These, you know, I'm fully aware that this is like what potentially can happen. Was there a particular point where you're like, right, I'm going to start smashing the exercise. I'm going to start planning an event, you know, and just really start going down that route to like where you are now. Was there like a pinnacle moment? It was a couple of months of really dark, dark, dark thoughts. You know, thinking that it was all over, that mm. it was the end, that my life was finished, and quite frankly, I didn't want to go on. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm honest, and then it was my kids. They kept coming up to me and saying, "You're right, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. It's okay, Daddy." And I looked at them and I thought to myself, "If I don't help myself, then how can I help them?" And if I can't help them, I can't help others. So, fuck this. Why am I sitting on my ass moping over every evening about this being a pain in the ass and grouchy to my family? I need to get up, stand up, and do something about it. 
Love that, love that. And it's... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, already, I'd already signed up to do the Marathon de Sable, a 150-mile race across the Sahara Desert. And it would be my first proper multi-day stage marathon, ultra-marathon. Mm. And I really, really doubted my ability to do it. Enormously. Looking, looking back on that, like that, that self-doubt, do you, um, do you think that that was a bit of a, a catalyst to get you to do it, to actually to kind of test yourself and to see if you could, you know, still com like compete and, uh, and produce and, you know, be as like efficient as possible given the, you know, the condition? Well, interestingly enough, the, the, the first ultra marathon I did was the 40, country to capital 45. And that was horrendous. The backpack I had cut into my back so badly, I had blood coming down my back into my shorts. Wow. It was, it was horizontal rain. It was ice. It was mud. It was animal poo. It was <laughs> fantastic. And it was just howling gales, and it was wonderful. And it took me 10 cold hours to get to the end, and I loved every minute of it. Fantastic. I like, and I guess it's just um, everything culminated. If everything was going to happen, it kind of happened. But it, yeah. was all it was all worth it in the end. I thought if I got through this and I could do that 45 miles, then I could do anything. Yeah, yeah. So given that amazing feat like that you did there, like, what would your message be to people right now who are really suffering from the back end of this lockdown, even though we're kind of coming out of it? And I mean, people here in the UK, and there's a lot of places in the United States that have been in the very sort of mirrored situations we're in right now, um, whose mindset has just been completely shot, you know, and it's totally understandable. You know, I speak to people week in, week out um, about their mental health. You know, people within my own family mm. uh, who have their own businesses that have just been turned upside down. You know, I've said it a number of occasions, like but mom and dad's pub in Dorset is literally the pillar of the community. It's just been completely and utterly brought to his knees um, with, the, you know, the, and the goalposts change all the time. So just, and then just having to sit up in the flat above it, not doing what you were doing uh, for so long, you know, can be, it is really kind of like, you know, mind dragging. So like, what would your message be to people who, you know, throughout the country and people are watching this and the people who are listening mm. you know, over the coming weeks, what would your message be to help them or the first steps to get out of the kind of mindset they're in now to take things to a better place? Because it's, it's, it's a lot easier. Yeah, it's exactly it's a lot goal. easier. Than, yeah. It's as simple as that. Plan a goal that's achievable, something that will stretch you, that's, but it's achievable. Mm. And aim for it. And each time, just set that goal a little bit higher, a little bit further, and aim for it. Don't think I'm going to go to the moon and fail. Because if you try and shoot for the moon, you're going to fall short. And you're going to think, excuse me, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to quit. It's too much for me. I can't be bothered. And people always set their goals too damn high, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and um, so obviously achievable, attainable goals is really vital, absolutely vital. Uh, I mean, me personally, I like to, uh, I'm a big believer in like kind of 5Xing and 10Xing certain goals because I think you've got a much higher chance of achieving them. And I, I mean that sometimes in uh, uh, like an emotional financial sense. 
Uh, I think Grant, Grant Cardone's like uh, analogy of it, you know, the 10x rule and stuff like that, I think it's actually a very good um, concept. So you like, say you want to make your first million. No, you don't. You want to try and make 10 million. You've got a lot better chance of making your first million if you try and make 10 because um, you could end up making three, four, five. Um, but in terms of like uh, like physical goals, I think, yeah, that real, real realism and understanding you and your body. But um, it is great. But I don't think it's that, you know, I'm sure you'll agree, having done many of them, it's not until you actually do it. Yeah. It's when you understand how strong your mind is. And this is the amazing message that I've received off of having so many great people that have done, you know, Broken World Records. Uh, Stephen Green was on not so long ago, a good friend of mine. He did back-to-back Ironman with no rest. And he never even been into any of that kind of training in his life. And because it, it's just about this and the, the constant it's, it's train totally, of motion. It's totally about your mental preparation. Mm. You can envis- you've got to envisage your, your, your crossing that finishing line. You've got to realize attaining your goal, whatever that may be. And then once you've attained that, you've got that sense of elation. You've got that sense of completion. You've got producing lots of dopamine and your serotonin levels pouncing up and everything's fantastic. That's when you can sit there and say, right, what's my next goal? You know, and Mm -hmm. to know that you've gone through that difficulty. Now, that could be pain. That could be stiff limbs that could be uh, could be your challenge could be a mental challenge but to go through the difficulty that you're going to go through and suffer that difficulty whatever that difficulty might manifest itself as that's the real odyssey that's your challenge that's your that's your trial as it were so So, and obviously that Sahara event you know it wasn't it wasn't a park run on a Saturday. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I ended up getting lost in sorrow with a litre and a half of water and uh, all the dry food in the world. So, yeah, it almost cost me a life. Ah, but, you know, you live to tell I'm the here. tale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's, um, it, 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 it's, just, it's just the extremes. You like one minute you get, you, you know, you, you, you're like still come to terms with like your Parkinson's disease and the next minute you're doing like this huge mate, like, event. Not just like running this countryside around some like nice housing estate. It's uh, in the Sahara Desert, one of the toughest places to just, just stand and breathe in the world, let alone like do uh, an endurance event. Um, I, I can categorically say now on my own show, you will never ever catch me doing that. Right, so that's out the window. Oh. So the, the, fact, the fact that you, you pulled me out, you, I was going to invite you for the next one. I, I don't, I don't mind uh, doing social media for you. <laughs> No, just it's one foot in front of the other, mate. Yeah, one foot in front of the other. But I went back at the following year and came came five hundred twenty ninth out of over eleven hundred competitors, so I finished it. So what, what's the, the first, what's the actual the what's the actual distance? The the total distance? One hundred and fifty miles. On foot. On foot, carrying everything on your back, about fourteen kilos, ten to fourteen kilos, fourteen kilos if you've never done it before and you're over egging it. Mm. But. Anywhere between eight and ten kilos is good. Okay, so let's let's just break that event down because, like, this is the this is the bit I really love—the high performance mindset kind of stuff. What point during that um, event, if you can remember, was did you hit a wall like bang, like? The long day. You start questioning things. Just just completely the long long day. Mm. Yeah, I mean that that was ninety or ninety plus kilometers 
and was just went on through the day into the night, through the night to the next morning. You still had people finishing it like a day and a half later. Wow. Yeah. And, and do, do, you, do you actually sleep at all during that? Or you just literally no yeah. rest? Just keep going? Yeah, you can sleep. Yeah, well, it's up to you. I, did, I, did, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, I, was, I was with a guy called Yusuf, who I met on the course, and he hyperextended his knee, and he kept going. And I decided, well, I'd st stick with him just to make sure he's okay, because I was finding it hard anyway, you know. And we, we struggled on, struggled on, struggled on. And then there was a guy called Christian from France who decided to tag along too. And then we got passed by these guys from, from Holland and Netherlands. And they said, they, they, they said, said, come on, keep up, you know. And I said, he's got a bus, he's got a bad knee. They said, it doesn't matter. And I thought, red mist, <laughs> red mist. So I look at Yusef and he looks at me and I look at him and I say, I'd got to do it. And he said, you run, you're crazy, run, Alex. And I went, yeah, and <laughs> flew right past these guys. And they started running after me. So they were chasing me. That's and cool. I was looking back over my shoulder at these guys chasing me. And then I ran through the biggest thorn bush that you can imagine. Inch long thorns. I looked like a porcupine. And I carried on running. I thought, I'm damned if I'm going to stop before I get to the finish line. And that was a decent mile. Wow. Yeah, it was good. So for the uh, benefit of the, the views of the listeners, um, yeah. in fact, guys, if you just tuned in uh, today, we're with Alex Flynn. He's uh, an endurance athlete and he suffers from Parkinson's disease and he's got this huge goal of being the first person to um, summit Mount Everest with Parkinson's disease, which I'm you know, fully fully get uh, he will totally behind him and as everybody else that is doing it but i wanted to get him on the show today to share with you guys just what level of mindset it takes to do some of the events that he does given his disease and hopefully that you guys listening can actually take a lot of gems from that and actually use it in your current circumstances right now that where you may be struggling uh either in your business your life you know in your careers your studies and stuff like that um if you've got any questions please drop them in the comments okay because i can get them up on the screen uh, for Alex as well as we go through the show uh, and please like and share this episode because I know for a fact there's people in your circles and your friends your families who can listen and will need to listen to Alex's amazing message and actually use it in their own lives because we've all got somebody surrounding us now who could do with that little bit of help so please like and share this live broadcast um, so Alex just going back to what we we're talking about before um, yeah. with the event so you've done that event in the Sahara what, what events have you done since then? Like, give us a bit of a uh, give us a, bit of history. A, a, a roll off of like uh, all these crazy events that you've done. Okay, um, after the coming back to the Sahara and completing the marathon de Sable of the second time, 529th place out of over 1,100 competitors, I went out to the Bavaria. I went out to Bavaria and ran 160 miles across the Bavarian Alps in 52 hours with an hour and a half sleep. Did the first two marathons in sub four hours each. Um, I then ran, ran, and ended up on a, a, a well. I covered a distance of one thousand four hundred fifty-seven miles in thirty days, running from London to Rome via Brussels and Paris, with Dave Clamp, who is an absolute gent and a really good mate, who I don't see or talk to enough, and I hope he's well. And he and I 
ran the first 20 marathons in, in 10 days. I ran 400 miles of that distance with a stress fractured right tibia and arrived in Rome 30 days later. As you do. As you do. <laughs> and that was a surreal experience meeting the Pope. Wow. Came out like a rock star. All the nuns went crazy. And I was, I was bold. I was knocked for six by a four foot nun that was built like <laughs> steel, you know? Lower center of gravity, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But uh, yeah. And so the next year I did 3,256 miles across America in 35 days using four different disciplines. Came the first guy to do it. Thanks, James. Um, astonishing. I think everyone can do it. If they put their mind to it, including you, AJ. I ran the Dolomites in Italy, the Colorado Rockies, and the Amazon jungle within eight-week period. I've done this distance of about 270 marathons. 270? About, two, about, about just over 270 marathons, probably a little bit more. I've done that on my car. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've done it on bike. In fact, between 20, 2012, September 2012 and September 2013, I covered 6,000 mile kilometers on my feet and under my own power. So I cycled, kayaked, climbed, rode. You know, it's just... Alex, Leanne, have you, have you always been so empowered? Did someone trigger this go-getter mindset? I think that's a great question. Um, for, for the guys who are listening, um, Leanne has begged the question and asked Alex, you've overcome so much. Have you always been so empowered or does something trigger this go-get-em mindset? That's a great I question. Think, I think, if I'm honest, the empowerment comes from being brought up with the idea that if you say you're going to do something, you should damn well do it. Hmm. So if I get the finance together to get Everest under my sights, I'll get up it and down it. But, you know, I might do it a bit shakily because my heels are kicking in, as you can see, and I'm shaking like a little vibrating jackhammer. But, you know, just, I'm man, I'm man if I say I'm going to do something, I damn well do it. Uh, but we've, yeah, had, to, we've had some great conversations about this. Your word. Your yeah. word is your bond. We, we had some conversations about this previously, haven't we? There's, uh, uh, as much as, you know, there's a lot of nice people out there and uh, there's people that want the best for us and stuff like that. There's, um, there, you do have sometimes too many hot air conversations, don't we, where nothing come, really comes to fruition. And I think uh, you proved it just in talking about the events you've done and the places mm. you've been around the world. Um, just how important it is to set the goal, raise, you know, set the standard, raise the bar, get it done, set the standard, raise the bar, get it done. And that's what you've been doing each time. Um, I think that's another great, amazing thing, amazing message that people can learn from just, you know, um, like your standards, you know, and you've just said it there. Is it like we set, set, set a target, we set a goal, we get it done. No BS, no pink fluff. Let's organize it, project manage it, complete it. And that's very much what it seems like to me. Would you agree? Yeah, pretty much. 
although I have to say my project management skills are not fantastic, and thank God for teams that I've had to support me because otherwise yeah. I wouldn't have made it. Um, you know, I, I, I'd never thought that I'd really done something amazing, even when I crossed America. And I ended up living out in the States, and a friend of mine said, hey, there's this competition in Men's Health magazine to be the ultimate guy. Bit of a laugh, give it a go. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. So I entered, and there were over a 1,000 competitors, including U.S. Special Forces, Marines, snipers, first responders, and I came ninth. Wow. Yeah. So That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was, I was, I was really, really, really flattered and very, very surprised, and quite, quite shocked to be honest. But then I was also doing. I was a bit bored. I, I was trying to <laughs> organize organize um, a row across the Pacific, and it didn't come to fruition. So I decided to do a play on the twenty-two push-ups a day. So I worked out if I did 22 times X number of 22s, and I get to 5,566 press-ups in 22 days. That's a good challenge. Mm. So I did it until my shoulder gave out at 3,873. Is that all? Just a yeah, few, isn't it? <laughs> I have few. It's weird because I really couldn't do very many press-ups to begin with. And then the next thing, you know, I'm doing 100 a day mm. and I'm doing 400 a day. And, you know, it, it, it just, it's, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, it's got to, I've got to have a damn good excuse not to do it, like injury. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And, uh, and as uh, James uh, rightly just said there, um, Stephen Green, who I mentioned before, a good friend of mine, tells us we're all capable of so much more than we think. Uh, and that's, James exactly, too. that's exactly what I say as well. Mm. We are more, we are far more able than that which we are actually prescribed to be able to do. You know, mm. yeah, we are all capable of being extraordinary, mm. and we are. I, I love that saying. Animals. I, I love that saying, and uh, I, I, I've used it in a few talks as well uh, to sort of like younger people is that we are like massively. More, we are more than capable beyond measure, and it's oh, just yeah, it's all in our heads, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. I had a conversation with my wife about it this morning because you know, it's like five and a half years since we moved back from Australia. Uh, we had to return, we lost everything like you know, I got totally screwed over. I lost my 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 gym, uh, where we lived on the Gold Coast, and we had to move back to UK. Um, and you know, we we touch on this fairly often just about you know, looking back on it and where we've come from. and the mindset that we had to kick in and engage in um there and then if we if we have or if i hadn't done that i wouldn't be sat here now like probably have a podcast um because it, it, it's just having that self-belief isn't it having that belief that you can um turn tragedy into triumph you know on uh, on a grand scale and the kind of the other stuff kind of falls into place i think um, I think there's also a there's also a reluctance of people to put themselves in a position where they might get hurt. Yeah, you yeah. know. And I, I I do something that's a bit unusual. Whenever I get to the start of a line of something, an event, a challenge, or whatever I'm doing, I say to myself, really, really, minus thirty three up Everest, 
Thanks, James. How does someone prepare for that? Well, I went out to the Arctic and it was minus 29. And that was not bad. I'm, I'm pretty good with cold. I bet, well, seeing as the stuff you've done before, I bet, I bet you'd wait for a run over there in your pants, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> it was, I wasn't wearing a lot, to be honest. You tend to get hot when you're pulling a 135 pound pulk and 10k backpack at the same time. Doesn't help if you rip tendons, that is. Um, that sort of shortened my trip, but still an adventure and always good. So I've, I've, I've listened to all like your, um, like the injuries you've overcome and uh, the, literally the places around the world that you've been doing all this like crazy stuff. I think like we should set it up right now. I reckon we should call them out. I reckon we should call David Goggins out and offer him out for an arm wrestle because uh, what do you reckon? I think David Goggins is an incredible athlete, an incredible man. Um, it'd be interesting, and I would hate for him to have Parkinson's, but it'd be interesting to see how he would deal with it if he had it. Yeah. I think he'd have an amazing mindset to be able to take mm, it on. And Yeah fight his way through it. What, why, don't call, call, why don't we call him out or race up Everest? You know, if, Jake, if, Jake, if Jake Paul, the YouTuber, can go around like offering boxes out for fights and that, why don't we do it right here? Alex Flynn offers David Goggins out to race up Everest. That'd be a good one. Hmm. I'd give it a go. I'd definitely give it a go. Absolutely knew you would, mate. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to touch on, like, the, obviously the mindset you have at being a father myself and uh, coaching football team and stuff like that. And I've just got this, mm. like, huge passion for empowering young people. And it's, uh, it's the same for the work I do in Sierra Leone and stuff like that um, with all the, at the amputee villages and their children from the Blood Diamond Civil War. I, I'm so passionate about empowering young people. And now more than ever, especially here in the UK, because they've really suffered mentally. What examples do you think you can give uh, uh, the listeners and the viewers of how your kids have absorbed everything you've done? Like what are they, what traits do they have now that replicate what you do? That's a good one. I would hate for them to replicate what I've done. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I think finding peace of mind through whatever they're doing, because when I do what I do, and I run a massive ultra marathon. I put everything in my mind in place, my strategies in place, and I finish the race and I'm zen, you know? And most people live their lives in front of the TV and work, never put their lives in perspective. They don't think themselves through. They don't put their strategies in place and they don't effectively get their lives lined up. So they know, I know where I'm going with what I'm doing. I know where I'm going to go and what I'm going to try and achieve. And my next steps, most people just put their foot forward and hope for the best that they don't sleep yeah. on a banana skin. And that is something I hope my boys have picked up from me and the ability that we can all go further than we actually thought possible. Yeah. Because I remember finishing my first London Marathon and I thought to myself, that is as far as I'm ever going to run. You know how naive I was. 
And, um, adventure. I, I love I love how um, you know kids they are they're sponges. I think the the more we can acknowledge that as a society, you know, they 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 won't necessarily do what you say, but they will do what you do. And yeah. and not necessarily like go out and just do like you know long term events, but it's the transferable things from that mentality that they see in their parents is what they apply to things in their own lives. Yeah. Well, I think I think the one thing that what I would love to my my sons to actually benefit from what I'm doing is the ability to focus, focus solely upon something so intensely that you can get mm. the job done doing it, no matter how bad it is and how much pain you go through or dis, discomfort, however mm. that may manifest itself to get to where you're going and get it done and achieve that goal is it gives you an enormous sense of satisfaction yeah and also um, a lot of self-confidence which is essential for children yeah 100 mate and it's um i just uh i i love seeing little things like uh that my my kids do and i pick up on it and like, you can see where they've got it from and because we're a product of our environment aren't we um and i don't necessarily mean like you know that the five people you surrounded with the most but like from a parental point of view i think you like you pick up so many things from your parents that you implement and um i i look back sometimes and you know i am quite like quite different from my parents in a lot of aspects you might not connect us together if you were to meet us however like my mum's always been very entrepreneurial for example the same as me so there's all of these like uh different traits that we pick up that we carry on um do you see uh do you, do you see your kids like really going on to be like quite competitive because of like of what what you what you do and they see day to day? I think they they're competitive in their own way. They have got traits of what I do, but I wouldn't want them to be the same as me. Hmm. And I think that's what we all aspire to is to create individuals that were David Goggins. You received a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'll give David a go. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree, and it's um I think the more now more than ever, especially in the UK where kids have just been you know they've been having a study from home and stuff like that. I think the more we can empower them, um you know, and really show them what they're capable of, is uh, is one of the most important messages I think that we can put across society right now. Um, honestly, my opinion of kids nowadays is that I sound like an old man saying this, but they're too cosseted, they're too cotton-wooled, they get everything that they want majority of the time. You know, there needs to be a sense of, you, go, you want something, you've got to go out and get it yourself. Mm, absolutely. You've got to get out and work for it. You've got to, if you want to go for a, for a course and put yourself through university and you can't afford it, then you've got to work for it. Mm. I did, and I expect my sons to be the same. But you know, maybe the, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a tough rule to run by. You know, there are a lot of people who are disadvantaged, and I think there needs to be a balancing act. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I totally agree. Um, let's talk about your big, big goal, Everest. Um, yeah, we had a good chat on the phone about it the other week, but like. 
um, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing goal to, to aim for. You've done all these incredible events already, like not, you know, not alone uh, with or without, you know, or sorry, without any kind of condition. It's just cr like crazy ultra events that you're in such a small percentage of people in the whole world that does them already. But to let alone do them with Parkinson's disease is just like literally another level. Like, what do you think you're going to have to really do mentally um, prior to lead, uh, leading up to, obviously, the attempt to climb Mount Everest and be the first person with Parkinson's disease to actually summit the biggest mountain in the world? Well, if I step back slightly from that and just say that when I completed Primal Quest Pursuit Race for 240 miles in four days and five hours, with a couple of broken ribs and a bulging disc into my arm, cutting off feeling from my right arm and hand. <laughs> I still managed to do it with, with a great team and with only 20 days training, and I really felt it. I mean, I really felt it. I thought I was going to die at one point. And you come off the back of that and you think, what next? Because that adventure race was pretty damn epic and it was harder than the eco challenge race i'm sure and i looked around and then lockdown came and i was stuck inside and i thought people are running marathons around their garden climbing their stairs to the height of everest so i want to marry the two and do a vertical marathon up my stairs which is a marathon up marathon down and that equates to the ascent of alone being 2.3 times the height of Everest. Wow. But you've got the difference between that and going into Everest would be the fact that my environment on the stairs wouldn't change and the repetition wouldn't change. Whereas repetition of the foot, foot, your foot, your gait will change. And therefore, the environment around you will change. And that adds to something that stimulates the intellect rather than disempowers the mind. And you have to be, I think, mentally bloody strong to do a stair climb to 2.3 times the height of Everest because it's certainly messed around with my head. You know, um, not that there isn't room for being messed around with my head, you know, with taking on these mad challenges. And how would I prepare for, for what things would I need to take into account? Cold is not my friend with Parkinson's. Cold is going to be a challenge, but apparently altitude really does work with Parkinson's. So go figure. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently. And um, what has that been sort of researched to quite an extent? No, I don't think it has, but I'd like to find out. So if anybody out there has got any ideas... Or well, you can find that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, scientists, doctors, follow me, follow me. Scientists, you, uh, grab your notebook, we're going. <laughs> it does It does worry me. And I think not, I've been not, not worried. No, I'm nervous about it, and I think that's a good thing. Because mm. if I wasn't nervous about climbing the highest mountain in the world, then... You know, I'd make a mistake. I've got a good team. 
from HST Adventures and I've got some great boots, Care of Wolverine and Sacconi. And what's the sponsorship team goal? What do we need to take it to Top Everest? Let's make it happen. Wow, Leanne, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So if people would like to 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 get in touch with me via Alex at alexflynn.co.uk, it's A-L-E-X at A-L-E-X-F-L-Y-N for November.co.uk. I'll have that conversation with you. But it's 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 a it's a it's a chunk of money. And this is something obviously we're talking about with other external agencies now, because we do need to make this happen. Um well, obviously we've already I've already put you in touch with a good friend of mine um and will continue to do so. Um but I'm sure the people watching and listening will also really want to get behind you and help put you in contact with people. I know Leanne's well connected as well. Um guys and girls, if you just tuned in, uh, we're talking to Alex Flynn today. Alex Hi. suffers from Parkinson's disease and his huge goal uh in life is to summit Mount Everest and be the first person with Parkinson's disease to do so. If you haven't already done so, please share this podcast because I know for a fact that there's people in your life right now who are suffering mentally, their mindsets are asked because of the whole of lockdown, and um, they, they don't know, they don't have clarity, they don't know where they want to go in their life. Okay, we wanted, I want you guys to hear Alex's extraordinary message of creating a not just a growth mindset, but a very unique, solid mindset. And you know, giving you the opportunity to take away everything he's talking about and implement in your own lives. So please like and share this podcast with your friends and family because I guarantee you there'll be so many people within your family and friends that will need to hear his message. Um, in ter- so in terms of timescales, Alex, like from right now, like what sort of length of time would you like to be able to achieve this amazing, uh, amazing summit by? Next year. And any particular time, or just just next year. April. April. Okay. April so next year. So, so before then, I've got to climb Mont Blanc, mm-hmm. Mont Mira Peak. Wait, when are you looking at doing that? Mount Himalayan. September, October, November. Okay. Uh, uh, so September's Mont Blanc. September's Mont Blanc. Okay. Have you done Mont Blanc before? Never. Never beautiful. I uh, I I've been at Mont Blanc. It's, uh, I took my well, my wife and kids up there as well because it's the highest point in Europe just for the experience. Um, a little bucket listing. It's uh, it's amazing. It's good. Amazing bucket lists. Bucket lists are understated. Mm. They are yes. essential in life. You know, you got to have your bucket list to do things before a certain age. Yeah, I believe so. Um, would you agree? And you know, this is nothing against like the wider world, but I've had two conversations about this day with my wife um, and brothers and friends and family. Obviously, we're in a sort of society where you people, and they still do it, they uh, leave school, got to get a job, work in the nine to five, just about pay off your mortgage. And then almost uh, winning in life is paying off your mortgage by the time you're 55. Then we decide as a society, right, I'm going to go start ticking things off my bucket list. By that point, physically, you're not, you're not sort of like able to do some of those things on that bucket list. And it's almost as if, well, you know, we've done, we're doing it all backwards. I'm 49 at the moment, so I'm thinking, hmm, you know, I'm, I'm getting to a point where can I keep going for as long as I can? Yes, I'm going to keep going for as long as I can, but there is that nagging thing in the back of my mind that 
the what I've got is going to stop me from doing it. And people should think about that because you need to live now. Mm -hmm. Live now while you can. Celebrate your family. Take your kids on holiday somewhere when the when the borders open up and expand their horizons. Expand your own world. Meet new cultures. Do new things. Challenge yourself. Learn to tango in Buenos Aires or something. You know, do something different than just the nine to five and the package holiday down to somewhere in Europe. I totally agree. It's um, I, I I think I think sometimes uh, people are just scared to dream. Like it's um, you know, like it's uh, an embarrassing thing to do. So you know, I, I said yeah, I said I to people so that. many times. I'm like, guys, like just dream so fucking big that you've got to become the person th to achieve it. Like seriously, like I, I genuinely believe that. Dream bigger than you want to achieve. Yeah. When you fall short, you'll hit your mark. That's the important. I have a book. It needs a publisher. There's a publisher out there. Please come and have a read of my manuscript. It would be lovely to get some feedback. I can help you with that. Good man. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you about I don't, wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to go down the self-publishing route yet. Because no. no, um, I'm talking to somebody at the minute about uh, for, for myself. So I'll put, I'll put you in touch. Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm sure your uh, I'm sure your book will be needed to go into like a trilogy or several parts. <laughs> the first part goes to 2014, and it's 328 pages. Mm. It was 368, but I edited some. That's oh, fair enough. Did you take yeah. the, did, did you take the rest Red Mist episodes out? Uh, the 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 Red Mist episode. Um, Hmm. There was there was one. There's one one episode that I did with, that uh, I didn't. When I when I came off the bike in the duathlon, and I came off and I bust my shoulder and the rest of it. I took I took that out of the book because I didn't think it had any relevance. But I'm mumming and ahhing about it now, and I might put it back in. The safe Parkinson's limits your life. Just depends where you set your limits. Inspiration lines from one PD to another. Paul, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Keep moving. I think that's, that's lovely. I think that's lovely. I think that's a lovely uh, sentiment from Paul. Well said, sir. Fantastic. Well, if it, my life is limited, I've lived three lives. You know. And to be honest, if I died tomorrow. I hope I turn up at the, the pearly gates and St. Peter's there and he said, I hope he says, man, I, you've lived a life. And I'll be happy with that. I, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Ed Milet. Have you ever heard of Ed Milet? No. Tell me. Um, so I, I listen to all of his stuff, his podcast, when he's guests on podcasts, I've seen him speak. Like, I'm such a big fan of his. He's... He's a high performance coach as well. Yeah, he was actually like a former baseball player. He didn't get to the top top, but he um, he coaches like corporate level, like just another level kind of guy. Mm. And he's he his words are just amazing. Like the way his his content is just phenomenal. 
and I, you'll absolutely love him. It's uh, E D M Y L E double T. Uh, he's probably one of the fastest growing people on social media at the minute across like, all the platforms. He's like yeah. social media platforms is blown up like in a really short space of time. Um, and he says that his biggest fear in life is meeting like the having an out of body experience and meeting the person at the pearly gates of a person that he could have become. Yeah. That's his biggest fear yeah. in life is looking at somebody that he could have become and then not being able to do anything about it because it's too late. And I think I that's think, like, I think my, my biggest fear is what I will regret on my deathbed. Mm -hmm. You know, when I get really old, I want to get old and I want to get grumpy and I want to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. uh, much more than I am now. And um, I want to be able to think that I don't have any regrets. I might have a few, but none that I would, I would sit there and lying there and think, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. Wish I'd done the other thing. To wish when you haven't got the, 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 the length of time to go on or to be able to achieve that, that's a waste. Life is about seizing every opportunity and taking it as far as you can go, you know? And Absolutely. If you don't, you're never going to find out what doors will open up in front of you. People are so worried about what doors are going to close behind them. But if you, if you, if you seize that opportunity and you, you grasp it with both hands, doors will open up. They'll take you on adventures and experiences that you might never have imagined. And they could be incredible. And that's Absolutely. what I've done. Uh, James uh, believes that an MBE should be on the cards for you, sir. MBE? Gosh, that's very nice. That, that's very nice. That's very kind of you, James. I think, but, I think it's an absolute spot-on statement, personally. Um, I think, you know, from the, just since the short time I met you, till now, even till now, just the, the impact that you have on people, you know, to the level of the mindset you, you've created, that you've built over time and experience um battling parkinson's disease plus other days that you know day-to-day -day stuff it's not just about like the endurance events it's about being a father being a being a good person you know being a role model like everything else like that um i think is testament to to you mate and uh it's it, I, I i literally right now i'm not joking i feel more motivated right now than i have done in weeks Thanks, mate. And this is what I was saying on like my thought on my Instagram stories and stuff like that is that um, this is why I was looking really forward to this. It, not just so I could share your message with um, the the public and the people watching. And it was it was actually for myself as well, from a selfish point of view, um, because I, I've actually found it a little bit difficult over the last few weeks. Just constant barrage of demand um, on myself um because of the nature of what i do i've had people messaging me like who have been suicidal because the lockdowns completely destroyed them um and they just didn't see any way out and then day after day after day like different things coming out on you know on the news about you know can't do this you can't do that blah, blah blah and just seeing the you know my own kids uh and well their, their friends really just like totally shells of themselves and I just had to, I had a bit of a wobble. I was just like, you know what? It's even, even for me, it's getting a bit too consuming. 
So I was like, right, I need to cut the head off the snake, uh, the, the issue now, because I know where this goes. Um, so yeah. I was like, right, I need to dissect my own uh, and sanitize my own social media as much as possible. So I took myself off Facebook. This is the first time today that I've been streaming this now where I've come back on it to, for the purpose of streaming it. But I totally deleted my Twitter account. Um, and it was just because it was just endless all day, every day. Um, it was ruining my efficiency, my productivity and everything. So I like I identified what the issue was very, very quickly, which is what a lot of people don't do and where they go wrong. Um, rectified that. And that's why uh, since that time, day till today, you know, that's why I was absolutely buzzing to get you on the show because I knew that, it, uh, and as I said to my wife, today, I said the best thing about having a podcast and getting who I like to call ordinary people doing extraordinary things on the show is that I, it's like I'm getting my, I'm getting a message out to the public, but it's like I'm getting my own personal coaching session. It's, uh, you it's know what I mean? You, you, yeah. and, you can't, and you cannot buy that. I, I tell you, the one thing that I want to say to anybody listening who's got that that funk happening, that that lethargy, that that sense of detachment, talk, talk about it. Reach out to somebody and connect and talk about it. I've lost friends in this 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 lockdown. People who I thought were strong. One of my friends threw herself in front of a train. But yeah. And one guy who I thought was strongest, one of the strongest people in the world that I thought, he, he took his own life because he couldn't handle the 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 lockdown. And no doubt you wit. Thanks, James. No, but seriously, if you if you feel that your life is heading down that path that AJ talked about, then talk, reach out. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Because talking is the first step to actually seizing control of your life again. Hundred percent. Yeah, and um, it's it's been it's it's this lockdown has been harder on people than they imagined, hmm. you know. And I want I want people to be able to feel that they can talk, you know. I'm I'm happy to take anybody's emails. So, Alex at alexflynn.co.uk, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what would uh, I just want to want to leave on a a really really positive note? Obviously, as things progressing, the weather's getting better. Um, yeah, what would your message, getting... what would your message be to people in terms of uh, looking forward to like that towards the end of this year? Like, because I'm a big believer in um, as a, as a nation, I think we've been hammered into thinking like about the now, you know, and that's from like the the government downwards. Every, all the directive is very much about today, tomorrow, today, tomorrow. It's not like thinking ahead um, at all. And I, and I see that in a lot of people there that, and the way they talk on social media, it's all very much about the now um, and not thinking about the future. What would your message be to people as we're getting into this slowly towards the uh, end of the tunnel, looking forward? Set your goals now. Set your goals. Put something in place that 
if there's further lockdowns and the rest of it, you can step it out, but you've got something that you can always aim for, something that you can always grasp, something that you can always put an anchor in and aim for that, train for that, fight for that. That's the thing that's going to drive you forward. That's the thing that's going to get you to where you need to be, which is getting through this pandemic, getting through this lockdown and making so sure that you've got something that when you cross that finish line, you can think, yes, I did it. I really did it. And I did it all myself. Irrespective of lockdown, irrespective of pandemic, we've come through it and I've achieved. And when you get to that point, that success, that triumph, that little victory will be so sweet. And that will be the, the, the cherry on the cake. Amazing, man. Amazing. As uh, P. Hodges says Thanks, here, no, no doubt you will plant a flag on the summit. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I feel like getting up and going and running a marathon right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, AJ, if you fancy getting a weight vest on, there's a hill over the boy there. Well, and, oh, uh, let's, let's just start know, running the first, right? Not the weight vest. <laughs> I get this, weight vest. get this weight vest, I chuck it on, it's only 10 kilos. And I go running up this hill, and it's it's even better when it's rained, just rained, because it just gets muddier and muddier and muddier, and your feet stick and you slip and everything else, and it's great. But it's got this false summit, so you think every time, stupidly, I think every time, yeah, I only got to go, I got to get up there. I'm breathing through my backside by the end of it, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there, and then you realise, I just been slogging my guts out. As you as your quads are burning, your glutes are burning, your calves are burning, you your 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 front front tendons on your 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 your, your shins are think are thinking, we're not going to put up with this much longer. And you think you've got another X amount of meters to go. Damn it! And you get to the top, and you get you start, take take a minute, run back down, and do it all again. It's brilliant. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Um. Alec, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you for oh, coming on the you. show today. And like you can just see from the um, amazing messages and comments that people have been making throughout the uh, the episode, um, just how highly they think of, of you and what you're trying to achieve and, and fl flying the flag for not just Parkinson's disease sufferers, but I think so many people out there that have got loads different different conditions that maybe uh, sat there, haven't got like a positive circle of influence that can motivate them and stuff like that. So, you know, I really want to get this interview out to as many people as possible, not just those with Parkinson's, not just those with any other conditions, that anybody who is suffering mentally have got mental blocks and need that, just that bit of inspiration to try and be something more, okay? And, and that's all we need to do. We need to try and just be that little bit better every day. There's no such thing as perfection. Okay, I don't care what anyone tells you. There's no such thing as perfection. What you can do is just try and be better every single day and com com constantly pounding on your craft. Okay, get really, really, really good at something. All right, and that's how you will make yourself successful. There's this. I did a TEDx talk in Patras on uncertainty. And the same thing comes because everybody strives for certainty. Everybody wants things to be lined up in a row. They want life to be easy because it's too much hassle to muck around with it. But life isn't like that. Life is all full of uncertainty. Yeah. 
but you can yeah. use that certain uncertainty to create positivity. Mm-hmm. Taking the fact that what I have makes every day uncertain. I don't know how I'm going to be. I didn't know I was going to shake as much sitting down and having this interview, you know, but I am. And that's because my arms are going crazy and making my head shake. Configure. But that's uncertainty. But I take all that negativity from the uncertainty and I pull out positivity by doing what I do and achieving what I'm achieving. And you can hear my hand ruffling the, the seat cover that I'm on because I can't keep the damn thing still. So I <laughs> sit on it again. But, you know, the same thing comes with certainty. Certainty doesn't exist. So you need to be able to wave and be uh, find alternatives to be able to move around obstacles and find it, find ways around impasses. And you can do that because we're all adaptable. That's what makes us unique. Human beings are adaptable animals and we are able to conquer and achieve. Simple as that. I absolutely love everything you've said on this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I've been writing uh, little minute notes down because off the timer of all the like really key and po- like things that you've said and uh, I'm running out of page. Um, just goes to show how much of an inspiration you are, Alex. And, you know, I, I really hope that everybody that's watching and listening in today has taken away something that they can go and implement to their own life uh, and, help, and help them move forward. I, I sincerely do. Uh, and I actually genuinely look forward to helping you on your quest uh, to that summit of Mount Everest, which I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that you will. And I'm sure everybody who is listening and watching now believe so as well. And we'll be, you know, doing everything they can to root for you and cheer you on uh, when you Thanks. finally get get going on there. Um, guys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're, you know, with me on this one. It's been a thoroughly enjoyable episode with uh, Alex. Thanks. It's, uh, it's a tremendous honour to have somebody like yourself on, flying the flag for people that, um, with Parkinson's, but also other conditions that can just still achieve so much more than they believe and it's just about putting your mind to that test and then just putting as you say one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward absolutely um, little steps it's yeah like you eat an elephant you take little bites <laughs> <laughs> absolutely sir alex it's been an absolute pleasure my friend absolutely um, pleasure, thank you so much brilliant Guys and girls, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you share it with your friends and family. As I mentioned before, there's going to be so many people out there that need to hear this fantastic message of inspiration, of hope, something that can motivate those loved ones of yours to help improve their current situation and their current life. And that was the aim of today's episode. So I really hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star review uh, and obviously words of congratulations and just in awe of Mr. Alex Flynn and everything he's achieved. Alex. Can I also also say very quickly, if anyone wants to get in touch with me again, it's alex at alexflynn.co.uk. So it's alex at alexflynn, A-L-E-X-F-L-Y-N-N, all one word, .co.uk. Cool. There we go. And I'll put that up on the screen now if anybody wants to get in touch with Alex. Uh, It's alex at uk. Obviously, you uh, hang out on Instagram and LinkedIn and that as well. So, obviously, you can uh, be reached on there if you uh, send Alex a DM. Um, 
But until next time, guys, all right, look after yourself, motivate yourself, do something that's going to put you out of uh, comfort zone for just that little bit, which is going to help make you just that little bit better every day. From me and Alex, have a great evening and have a fantastic Easter holidays. Keep moving. Take care. Keep moving.